So, um, how's it going? I don't know if you guys uh, know this, but we had a hurricane last week. Yeah, her name was Irma. And um, I don't really like her. Because we couldn't be here last week. And I hate when we can't be here together, especially when it's stuff like that. But Irma's left. We all broke up with Irma. The relationship's over. And now we're back together for revolution. So I'm feeling good. I hope you're feeling good. I, I needed a little pick-me-up, so I, I picked up uh, my favorite drink at, at Racetrack. I got uh, a Coke Icy. Anybody here a fan? Coke Icy? Do you? Yeah? Okay. So, Racetrack and NCG Theater are my two favorite places to get the Icy's. Um, it's really cheap at Racetrack, and it's a name-brand Coke Icy. Very important. That it's, name, it's not Cola. This is not a Cola Icy. It's a Coca-Cola Icy. Name-brand. Um, another, another reason I like uh, uh, Racetrack is it's super cheap. Like, this right here was like a nickel. Okay? Super cheap. Okay, it's not that cheap. But it's a lot cheaper than when you go to the other place I mentioned, NCG, where it's like, you know, 50 bucks for this thing. And the only nice thing about NCG that's like the redeeming factor is it's what? Anybody know? Unlimited refills. So you know anytime there's a break in the action, I'm like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. And I go and I refill this thing like five times during the movie because I got to get my $50 worth for my Icy, you know? And... And it's not even just because I want to get my money's worth. It's because I genuinely love these things. I'm talking, I would drink this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, seven days a week. Because I love these things so much. I've grown up on these things. Now, I'm a little bummed that Racetrack doesn't have the spoon straw. It's just a standard straw. Don't you ever speak Quick Trip's name in my presence ever again. It is not the same thing. Now, the spoon straw is at NCG, and, and they are, they're, they're the best way to eat an icy. Because when you get the moments where it's a little thicker, a little harder to like, get out of the straw, you just, you just take the top off, you get your spoon straw going full tilt, and you just shovel it in your mouth. Okay, It's amazing. Amazing. If you've never done any of what I'm talking about right now, you owe it to yourself and to Jesus to go... Get an icy, use the spoon straw. It's amazing. Now, um, I seriously, when I say I grew up having these, I literally grew up having these. Like we used to go to Circle K, Kangaroo, like these places that had these back in the day. A lot of those places quit having them, but then you know, as I got older, I started to discover the, the spots to go to get them. But I was always on the lookout for like the name brand icy and the name brand Coke because I love it. And so the older I've gotten, because I know where the, to go to get them, and I have a car, and I have a job, and I have money, I can go get them whenever I want. Like, it's not just mom giving it to me once a week because I did good that week at school. It's whenever I want, I'll go get an icy. So I do. Now, a few years ago, um, this, this gorgeous, beautiful drink started to become a problem for me. I used to only get them when I went to the movies 
or for just a special treat for the week. You know what I mean? Like once a week kind of thing. But once we had our first son, I kind of like threw all of my like discipline out the window. And I would get an icy whenever, like I would drive by a racetrack, and there's kind of a lot of them around here. So anytime I drove by a racetrack, I was getting gas, I'm like, oh, I'll get an icy. And it, it, and it would happen like multiple times during the week. So I'm getting like a lot of these things. And I don't know if you know, this is like an extra large drink. I don't know how many ounces this is, but it's in the 40s for sure. So that's a lot of Coke to be, to be drinking. And so I kept drinking these and we went on vacation this one summer. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but we went on vacation with some friends. And we were looking at pictures when we got back. And it was like, oh, how much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah, we loved it. Can't wait to go back. But then this one picture popped up. And we're on the beach. And I see myself. And I'm holding our, our son. He's like, I don't know. He's like almost a year old or something like that. And I'm holding him on. That's not the point of the story, but I'm glad you thought he was cute. So I'm, he's on my hip. I'm holding him. And so I look at this shirt I'm wearing, which is like, it's, you know, the shirt was fine. But the thing that I didn't like about the shirt was it looked like I was pregnant in the shirt. <laughs> like my stomach was like out to here. And I was like, dude, who ate Brad? What's going on in this picture? And then my wife is so sweet. She's like, oh, baby, you know, we've had the baby. We've given you to the new schedule and take care of the baby. And, uh, and, I, and I looked at her, I was like, what, you knew that I was getting, I was getting big? You didn't say anything? She's like, oh, it's, it's fine. I love you. I'm like, that's great that you love me. I don't love me right now. I'm disgusted. Like, and here's the thing. All of us are different. All of us gain or lose weight different ways. But for me, I got to this place I had never been. Like, I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I looked different than I've ever looked. So I'm, like, wigging out. And I'm like, why is this? This guy is why this happened to me. This guy, this good drink that I love, betrayed me. made me gain weight. So I began to ponder, why is this happening to me? Why is it that this good drink that I love so much has caused me to look away that I am not approving of anymore? Why is it making this shirt look like it's a maternity shirt? Why? So I went and I looked at the ingredients on Coke. Because I wanted to know what was in this stuff. What, what makes it taste like the nectar of, of heaven, you know? And so you start looking at the ingredients and you start reading them off. And it's like, the very first one's high fructose corn syrup. The second one is something I can't pronounce. The third one is sugar. The fourth one is sugar. The fifth one is some type of caramel coloring. The sixth one is another word I can't pronounce. And you just keep going down the list. You're like, man, there's a lot of things in this. They, they pack a lot of punch in this thing. And I don't know what all this stuff is, but apparently it goes here. When you have too much of it. 
And so this thing that I loved and that was so good was making me have some really negative things going on in my body. Like I was becoming unhealthy because of this. And so this thing that I thought was so good and, and still think it's really good. Um, this thing that I thought was so good was turning out to be bad for me. Like it was, it was not good. Even though I, it felt good and it, and it tasted really good and I really enjoyed it, it turned out to not be a good thing. And I had to scale back on the ices. I had to ease up, slow my roll, quit drinking them every time I drove by a racetrack because what was good actually was bad. My perception of good was not right. It wasn't accurate when it came to the old icy. Now what's funny is, when you start looking at all the drinks, right, you start looking, like, you, you might not be into Coke or Icy's, you might have another drink you really like, like Mountain Dew or Mellow Yellow or Dr. Pepper or, or whatever. You might have a drink that's not even Coke, it might be tea or, or something at Starbucks that you just love. There, there could be a whole lot of different things for you that you really love that you're like, dude, that's not very good, but this right here, this is good. Yeah, it's real good. What's interesting is when you look at all of those drinks, I don't care what drink you list, all of them seem to be good, and some of them are better than others, like as far as health-wise for you, but none of them actually are. Like if, if you have, if you really like just break down, is this good or bad for me? Every single drink is bad for you, except for one. There's only one that's actually perfect for you. It's good for you. It's perfect for you. It's what your body needs. It's the whole reason you crave that other drink. It's the whole reason I want this is actually because I really want this. This is the only thing that's actually good. So this you can drink and drink and drink and you're all good. You know why? Because your body needs this, because you're made up of this. And even though there's small amounts of that in this, all the other junk in this messes it up, makes it bad. You with me so far? Okay. So now that we've done a dissertation on ices, I'm going to take another drink. We're going to get into what we're going to talk about tonight. So, what's funny about the ices and what's funny about the water and what's funny about just all, all of the, the drinks and, and the food and the things that we think are really good for us, and when we really research it, we look at it, we, we come to find out, no, it's not really that good for me. It's not, not really good. Even though mint chocolate chip ice cream is amazing, it's, it turns out... It turns out eating a half gallon at midnight before you go to bed is not good for you. It's really not. Now, don't get me wrong. In some ways, it's real good. It's like, no, if this is wrong, then I don't want to be right. You know, I get it. I get it. But what's good and what seems good to us sometimes is just, is just not. But what's funny about all of that is we do the same thing for us and the way we look at each other. Specifically, when we look in the mirror, we look at ourselves, a lot of us look in the mirror, and when we see us, we don't think anything is wrong. 
We look in the mirror and we think, yep, looking good. Or, or it's not anything physical, it's just we look at us and we're like, man, I did really good on that test yesterday. Or man, my life is good. Like, I haven't really done anything wrong, ever. Like, seriously, some people need that product called poopery. Have you seen this? You put the stuff in the toilet so that when you do your business, nothing smells. Yeah, it's called poopery. You might look in the mirror and say, you know what? Some people need the poopery because what they got going on in there stinks. But mine doesn't really stink. I don't need poopery. I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm good. I'm good. So some of us, <laughs> it is TMI if we were really talking about it, but we're not going to go any further, I promise. Okay, so some of us think that we're good in a lot of different ways. We ju- we're just like, you know what, we're good, we're good, we're good. I'm good. If I said, hey, how are you, you would say? I'm good, I'm good. Now sometimes we just say that and we're really doing bad. And I'm not talking about the moments where you're doing bad. I'm talking about just the general how do you think of yourself? The day-to-day, when you think of, am I good or am I bad, most of us would say, good. Most of us would say that. I don't want you to answer out loud. I just want you to think, what do I think of myself? When I look at myself, when I think of myself, when somebody's talking about me, am I thinking, yeah, I'm good. Because whatever that answer is, is going to really relate to what we're going to talk about here tonight, okay? Now, let's go look at this story in Mark chapter 10, okay? Because there's this guy who did the same thing that a lot of us do. He looks in the mirror and he says, you know what, I'm good. And let's see what Jesus has to say to this guy, okay? Because it's really interesting. Because what he says to this guy is very similar to what he's saying to us. So this is Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 21. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So a guy just runs up to Jesus. Out of nowhere, Jesus is about to leave to go somewhere. This guy runs up to him and is like, Hey, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? We would say, What what do I need to do to get saved? What do I need to do to be a Christian? What do I need to do to be a part of your kingdom? What, What do I need to do here? Verse 18 says, And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commands. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all of these I have kept from my youth. So Jesus is like, Okay, you want to enter, you know, you want to enter the kingdom, you want to have eternal life. Well, here's what you got to do. You got you to do the commandments, right? The Ten Commandments. Y'all have heard these before? I just read some of them. The big Ten Commandments. You know, you got to do those things. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I've done those ever since I was little. I'm good. And so here's Jesus' response to that. And Jesus looked at him. He loved him. And he said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. 
So this guy, he thinks he's good because he's done, he's done the good stuff, right? He's done the things that God has asked him to do in the Ten Commandments. He's kept away from the bad stuff. He hasn't killed anybody. He hasn't stolen anything. He hasn't cheated on anybody. He hasn't dishonored his mom or dad. He's like, I've done it all, man. I'm good. He's just like, no, no, no. But, but the thing is, is you got all this stuff. And apparently the guy must have thought a lot about his stuff. Like he liked his stuff a lot. Because Jesus is like, there's only one thing you need to do to have eternal life. So the whole conversation, right, is about how do I get eternal life? Which is life for how long? Like forever? Okay, so this is a lot of, it's a big deal we're talking about. And so he's like, the one thing you need to do to have eternal life forever is just sell your stuff and give to the poor. Now, number one, selling your stuff, taking what you got and giving it to the poor, would you all consider that good or bad? Good, good. Okay, so that's a good thing. I think all of us would agree. We just had a bunch of hurricanes come through, hurricane relief, giving money to people who need it, giving it to those who are maybe physically poor because they lost everything. We would all say that's a good thing. So Jesus says, hey, go do this good thing. The guy's like, discouraged, the Bible says, and he walks off. And so this guy who thought he was good, Jesus says, no, no, no. Right off the get-go, like at the very beginning, he says, why do you call me good? The only one that's good is who? God's the only good one. So let's stop throwing around we're all good. Let's stop throwing around that phrase, you know, I'm good, you're good, we're good. Let's stop saying that because it's not true. God's the only good one. And then, because you're not good, here's the thing you need to work on. You got an issue. You got you to quit caring so much about all this stuff. Because you care about it more than you care about the eternal life that you're asking about right now. So Jesus' response to this guy kind of lets us know what we maybe need to look at when we're looking at the mirror. And we say, you know what, I'm good. We need to look at what's the thing that I'm holding on to more than I'm holding on to Jesus. What's the thing that I value more than what I value God? Or the thing that I put above everything else? What is that? Because if it's not Jesus, if it's not God, then it's not the right thing. And that's called sin. When you put anything above God, that's called sin. So this was this guy's issue. So this guy that thought he was good, turns out he wasn't. Much like us, we think we're good. Turns out we're not. We all have issues. We've all messed up. If you're like, dude... I still, I don't have that issue. Like, I don't have too much stuff. I'm in middle school. I don't even have that much stuff. And the stuff I have, I didn't even buy. My parents bought it. My grandparents bought it. So I'm, I'm like, I'm fine if you want me to sell my stuff. If Jesus said, sell my stuff, I'd sell my stuff. It's fine. Okay, well, the, the, the issue wasn't just stuff, okay? That's not the main point. The main point is that the guy wasn't good. He still had something to do which was embrace Jesus above everything else in order to be good. And he wasn't willing to do that. So for us, it's like, okay, well, if it's not stuff, what's the thing that I need to, to, to let go of so I can embrace Jesus above everything else? Because the Bible is reinforcing this idea that we aren't good. We need Jesus. 
Look at Romans chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. It says this, For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. What does that mean? Well, if you don't follow what the Bible says, and you die, then that's how you're going to be judged. But if you did follow the Bible, and then you failed at it, which everyone who's ever tried to follow the law does, then you're going to be judged by that as well. So what this means is you're in a losing scenario, right? You can either do what the Bible says and and fail at life, or you can try to do what the Bible says and fail at life. It's very encouraging, right? It's like, yay, I'm going to fail. Yay, I'm bad. Yay, I'm not good. But that that is ultimately what... God's trying to reinforce this, is, is trying to remind us, listen, you and I can't do this on our own. The whole Old Testament is about this group of people called the Israelites that kept trying to do it on their own. They kept messing up because they quit depending on God. And God had to keep bailing them out and rescuing them. Until eventually, he came up with this rescue plan that wouldn't have, he wouldn't have to keep bailing his people out. He wouldn't have to keep rescuing his people because he would just do this one big rescue that would continue to rescue people if they would just realize it. And that was Jesus. So then you look at that next verse right after that of, hey, listen, you could either live under the law or outside of the law. Either way, you're going to fail, you're going to mess up. And then this is what it says in verse 13. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God but the doers of the law who will be justified. So in other words, it's true what Romans 3 says a little bit later, which is that all have sinned. All of us have messed up. And then you skip down just a few more verses to verse 16, because this is where the but God statement comes in. That little phrase isn't actually in this verse, but this is what God does about that problem about how we're going to fail, we're going to keep messing up, and we're not actually good. It says, on that day, so this is on the day that you're being judged. You'll You'll be judged according to the gospel. God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. So what does this mean? Well, okay, the doers of the law that it's talking about in Romans here are the people who are following Jesus living out what the Bible teaches because of Jesus. Not just living out what the Bible says because of guilt or because of obligation or because they're good enough to live out the stuff the Bible says. They're doing it because Jesus lived out the stuff the Bible says. And they're just trying to do what he did. And they're following him. They're having faith in him. So it all comes back to Jesus. And so that... 16th verse is just reminding us of that. that, Hey, we're going to be judged not on how well we did, like not on if you, um, you know, you were able to do everything the Bible says because you're really good. It's it's like, no, you're going to be judged by Jesus. Because if we're judged by anything other than Jesus, do we pass or do we fail? I heard some fails. Correct? That is correct. You get 100% on the test. If you were to be judged by anything, 
at the end of your life, if God were to look at your life and judge you by anything other than Jesus, all of us fail. All of us. We're not good. We're not good enough. Now, there's moments of goodness in us for sure. Like God, even when he made us back in Genesis, after he made everything, what did he say? It was good. There's goodness in us. But what happened after God said this was good? It went bad. (laughs) We sinned and it messed everything up. So since the sin happened back in Genesis, things have not been good. Even though moments of goodness can happen in us, we can do good things. We can do something nice for somebody else. We can do something that is, is selfless in moments. But just those little moments don't make up for our life of sin. You know what I mean? It's like the icy, right? It's good, but it's bad. You know what I mean? Like, it tastes good, but at the end of the day, it's everything I said before. It's just bad for me. And because of all the stuff in it, it makes it bad. Now, the only thing that's good is this water. It's, it's pure. It's perfect for my body. It's the thing my body was actually designed to take in and to use and to keep me alive. So if I'm like, well, okay, I'll make the icy good by adding the good stuff to it. Right? I'll just make... Let me get one more step before I do this. Mm. So good. I'm going to make it better. What? Stop it. Stop it. All right, now, it's like, okay, I just made bad icy good, right? Bad icy's good. No? Why not? Somebody answer it out loud. Why does that not make it good? Okay, I can't understand all of you when you talk out loud. So I'm going to assume you're saying the right answer. Which is, the bad Coke is still in here, right? The only way for this to become good and perfect like the water is, is to replace all of this with this, right? You can't just put, put a little Jesus on this to make it all okay. You need all of Jesus. And so this is the same way it is for us in life. We sometimes, as Christians, will just sprinkle a little Jesus on some things. We'll say a little prayer here and there every once in a while when we're having a bad day, right? We have a bad day, so we pray. We might even crack open the Bible and read a verse. And we're hoping, like, okay, I'm going to pour a little bit of the, the Jesus on my, on my bad stuff. It's going to make it better. Oh, I'm good now. I'm good now. It's like, no, you're still full of yuckiness. You know? It's still there. So, what do we do then? Because it's like, I, I thought praying and reading the Bible, that was what we're supposed to do. It, it is. But do you see the difference in when we try to pray and read the Bible to make up for a problem or a bad thing that we did? as opposed to reading the Bible and praying because we want to spend time with God because we need Him? Do you see the difference there? One is trying to make up for a problem. You know, it's like when you apologize and you don't really mean it. You know, like you got in trouble, and so you apologize because you got caught and you got in trouble, so you're like, I'm sorry. 
My boys do it all the time. One of them's like, like hits the other one. We're like, you apologize to your brother. He's like, sorry. It's like, dude, you didn't mean that. Yeah, huh? No, you didn't. Okay. I'm really sorry. Like, you didn't mean that either. That's what we do to Jesus all the time. We get caught doing something bad that we know we shouldn't do, and then we just go up to Jesus and we're like, I'm sorry. It's like, we don't really mean it, but we don't want to be bad, right? But what about those moments where you've had, where you did something wrong, you did something bad, and you knew, you knew you needed to make it right? And you meant it with all your heart, whether it was an apology or you did something to make up for it. It wasn't just to get you out of trouble. It was because you wanted to make it right again. Do you know what I'm talking about, those moments? You are desperate to make it right again. You're not desperate to get out of trouble. You're not desperate to just take care of you. You're desperate for it to be good again. And that's way, the way we need to be when it comes to our relationship with God. It can't just be these moments of, God, I'm sorry, and you don't really mean it, and you just don't want to be bad, you know. It's got to be, no, God, I just need you. Like, I messed up again, and this is just reminding me how much I need you. Like, I need Jesus in my life. I need to do what Jesus did in his life, in my life. Because I keep messing it up. For me, this happened... Back when I was, uh, I went on my very first mission trip. I was, I didn't go on a mission trip until I was in high school. Now what's cool is you guys are going to have an opportunity in middle school to go on a mission trip with us down to Florida, which I'm going to tell you about later uh, in a couple weeks. But for me, I didn't really know of any mission trip opportunities until I was a senior in high school. And so I went on this trip to Jamaica which usually when you say Jamaica, everybody thinks cruises and Caribbean and beaches and like cool vacations, right? Well, a lot of that's true, but when you actually get into the island and you go beyond the tourist spots, Jamaica's a third world country. Like people live in dirt huts. People have hardly anything to eat. It's a very, very poor country. And so we went to the, and I didn't know any of that until I get there. I'm a senior in high school. I lived my life in Cobb and Paulding counties, and I've had a pretty decent life. I had this one little stretch where I had some like some some uh, some fake Jordans, and I got made fun of. But that was like the worst of my my school years, right? Where I got made fun of for my shoes. So then I show up in this country as a senior, and I see these people living in a ten by ten like hut with a dirt floor. In like a pot of boiling water for their laundry and for their food. And they're living this way. And it shook me up. Then we go from there and we go to this, this uh, I don't even remember the name of the place, but it was an orphanage. I'd never been to an orphanage. I don't know if you've ever been to an orphanage, but I guarantee you, if you've been to an orphanage here, it's different than an orphanage in a third world country. So I went to this orphanage in Jamaica, and you go in this place, and you see kids that are like missing arms, some of them. Some of them are wearing diapers that have definitely been on for like two days because they stink and are full of stuff that we're not going to get into. But it's disgusting, right? 
And there's only like a couple people working in this place. And there's like 20 to 30 orphaned kids, right? Never experienced anything like that before. I grew up in a family with a mom and a dad and a brother. We celebrated holidays. We were around family during holidays and for birthdays. And these kids don't have any of that. And so I went into this trip thinking, I'm good. I'm about to go on a mission trip. I'm even better now. I'm like serving people, right? I'm giving away my spring break to go help some people. I'm like patting myself on the back because I'm going on this trip. I get down there and God is like, you think you're good, right? Okay, well, let me show you all these other people in the world that you haven't been exposed to and you, don't, you didn't really know about because you were just focused on, guess who? You. And now look at, at you. Do you think you're good now? Because my thing wasn't necessarily that I was doing some of the sins that I would label other people bad with. I wasn't going out and doing all these things that, you know, where the bad kids were doing. I wasn't doing that stuff. So that meant I was good. But God showed me in Jamaica my senior year of high school, you're not good at all. You're super selfish and conceited, and you think you're good, which is pride, which is also a sin. And you're no better than all those people that you've judged back in high school. And I'm going to use these stories and these people that you're coming in contact with in Jamaica to, realize, to help you realize this and get you to get down on your knees and just thank me for everything you've got and realize that you need me. Because I was a Christian who felt like I was a Christian not because I was just desperate for Jesus and I needed to follow him every day. It was like, no, I'm a Christian because, you know, I don't want to go to hell. That doesn't sound fun. And, and I want to be a good person. But the reality is, I, I wasn't living with this desperation of I really need Jesus because I'm really not good. I couldn't even see my own sin. And so for us tonight, man, my hope and my prayer for you when you came in tonight was, I know a lot of you think that you're good, and I'm not trying to bring you in here and make you feel like, you know, trash and you're all bad. Like, that's not the goal. But the goal isn't for us to be fooled into thinking that we are good. Because we'll trick ourselves into that. Some people, sometimes people will even get us to think that we're good. And here's what's amazing, is that you're not good, I'm not good, but because of Jesus, God makes you perfect. Like, he goes beyond good, he makes you perfect. You become this. He makes you this because Jesus is this. And when you have Jesus, you become, when God looks at you, you become his son. You become his daughter. You're blameless. You're faultless. You haven't done anything wrong. Not because you haven't done anything wrong, but Jesus hasn't done anything wrong. And I love what the Bible says when you get to this particular verse in Romans, chapter, um, chapter, no, it's Galatians. Galatians tells us to actually put on Jesus. We get to put on Jesus. What does that mean? Well, it, it means we get to take God's perfection, Jesus' perfection, and cover our sinfulness. It's what happened on the cross. 
the thing that we sing about all the time, that we talk about all the time, Jesus' blood, that's the stuff that covers us. So that God doesn't see our junk. He sees Jesus. And so we can stand in front of him and not be judged by the things that we did that were bad, but we can be judged by the things that Jesus did which were perfect. And we get the rest of our lives to be thankful for that and try to live up to that, not out of our own effort and not out of guilt, but out of just thankfulness and joy and out of dependence for Jesus. It's like, man, God sees me as perfect. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to do my best to just like live like Jesus did. And if I do that, the more I do that, the more and more I'm going to become like him and the less and less I'm going to sin And the better and better I'm going to be able to experience the life that God has for me and that he made me for. And so you as a 6th, 7th, or 8th grader, if you know Jesus, know that that's how you're looked at. You might think of yourself as good. Reality is you're not. But God says that you're perfect because of Jesus. If you're in here and you've never trusted Jesus, you're in the same boat as all of us. We've all fallen short. We've all messed up. We all need him. And what's great is the same way Jesus looked at that rich guy that came up to him asking, how do I know eternal life? Jesus is looking at you and saying, man, I love you, just like he loved him. He's like, and you might have done some bad things or you might have done some good things in your life. It really doesn't matter. Either way, you've fallen short. But what's great is because I love you, man, I'm offering you me. Just take it. Take my forgiveness, take my love, take my grace, take my perfection. And when you do that, man, you're going to experience life forever, like here and now, forever. You're going to get to experience what it is to really live and to realize life isn't about you. I'm going to enable you to love people. I'm going to enable you to love yourself. I'm going to enable you to be who I made you to be, which is my son and my daughter.